Welcome to Avid Watchers. My name is Mary-Kate Cheetah. My name is Adam Nix. And today we're going to be discussing the 2020 Netflix series Bridgerton. Um, and I know personally that I literally just finished it, so I have <laughs> a fresh take on it. Um, but I, I was really excited to watch the show and it kind of is like everything that I'm looking for or like it's it, it's a passion of mine like time what's it called period type show so I was kind of interested in like what drew you to it because I don't see it as necessarily like a show that you would go for automatically right well I mean I brought it up because I thought that I'm like oh I'm finishing this show and MK has probably already finished it and, <laughs> I mean I only finished it a couple days ago but um yeah actually it's kind of funny I didn't and I guess I probably should have watched the first episode, but I didn't watch the first episode. Um, only I saw the end of the first episode. I'm just remembering, but um, I, I stumbled in at the end of the first episode. Cassie was watching it, and I'm like, okay, well, I guess I can just kind of hang around and play video games or do other stuff while I watch this show, like just hanging out in the same room, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and then like one episode in, you know, I'm just like throw my Nintendo to the side or whatever else I'm doing. I'm just like totally into this. Um, I love it. So, I mean, that's the main reason. That's usually what happens, you know, because like I, I, I can't multitask with that kind of stuff as well as I'd like. Um, mm. You know, I've never been someone who can like work and listen to like m music with lyrics or watch like a TV show and read or this or that. So I probably should have assumed this was going to happen. But I mean, it was just really fun to watch once I kind of started paying attention after that first episode and... Yeah, then I was hooked. We finished it in like four days. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely a binge-worthy show. Um, I should quickly say the kind of synopsis for it. Um, so, during the Regency era in England, eight close-knit siblings of the powerful Bridgerton family attempt to find love. Um, and the show um, is based on a book series by Julia Quinn. Um, and it is from Shondaland, so it's, like, tech, I, it's technically, like, a Shonda Rhimes show, but I think, like, it has, like, a different showrunner. Like, she probably wasn't as involved as we would have liked her to be, <laughs> even though it was still, like, it was such a good show, but, um, I don't think she was, like, the actual showrunner. It was Chris Van Dusen. Um, right. And Chris is, Van Dusen's been involved in a lot of those types of shows, though, right? That I sounds right, but I don't know. I was just kind of like, I didn't know about him before this show, but I was looking into his IMDb profile, and yeah, I'm, I'm seeing like Scandal, Grey's Anatomy, you know. That makes sense. Been a lot of stuff. She probably, he's probably worked with her for a long time. Yeah. If he's one of her showrunners. Um. But yeah, I I feel like it's like hard to keep on top of all of the stuff coming out. And but I knew Well, it's sudden, right? Like it's yeah. like there was nothing for close to or over 6 months there was nothing coming out and now there's movies and TV shows and all this stuff. Yeah. Like, it all comes Yeah, it's good to see, but uh, you know, it's so everybody was like woke up in the new year. <laughs> I know. <laughs> It is, it is exciting, but it's like I want to get to all of it, like, and I can't right. watch it all. <laughs> don't, mm -hmm. Even with quarantine, I don't have all the time in the world, but um, 
yeah, I was really excited about the show. Um, it's so it's narrated by Julie Andrews, as I'm sure many people picked up on. I think it took us because like when I first heard it, I was like, that sounds like Julie Andrews, but I feel like maybe it's just someone who sounds like her. I didn't know that. Oh, so. really? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, everybody would know this. Um, her know. voice is really like iconic. Andrews. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I did recognize the voice, so. Okay, cool. But, <laughs> um, and it stars Reggae Jean Page, Phoebe Dynevor. <laughs> <laughs> Nicola Coughlin, John and Jonathan Bailey and others. Um I did you recognize a lot of the cast? It was one of those things where I was constantly like, I recognize that person from something. Right. You know? No, yeah. <laughs> but I could 100%. never actually you know, I'm sure we're gonna run into those um, you know, throughout the our episode today where I'm like, Oh, that's where they're from. But yeah, yeah I, I I would recognize people kind of. <laughs> I feel like I wanna like shout out the people I knew beforehand and be like oh, right. oh I like like there was this one guy who played like Prince Frederick and he was in Harry Potter. He played like um I'm blanking on his name right now, but he like had a crush on Hermione in, like, the sixth book and movie. Um, and he was, like, such a douche, and, like, she didn't like him at all. I, do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, yes. I wish I yeah, could wait, which person was he? He played Prince Frederick. Oh. See, I wouldn't make that connection there. Like, they're, like that was so oh, long Oh, I found ago. it. That's His like... character's name was Cormac McClaggan. Yes, that's it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, weird. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And he was also, I think, in Pitch Perfect, like a pretty small role. But, oh, and he was in the show I really like called Unreal, which is like a Bachelor behind the scenes, like drama type thing, like the, the show The Bachelor. Super good. But um, that one was a fun well, one. You know, it's like um, uh, Ruby Barker, who played um, Miss Marina, Thompson. yeah. I, I was like, I swear I recognize her. And then I'm looking through it. I'm like, I don't know. I, this... I didn't recognize her. So there's all her. these people where I'm just like, uh, I don't know. And some of them I was like, was, was this person in like Game of Thrones? <laughs> I don't know. It was just one of those things. Um, but I thought everybody did like a great job like for yeah. what, what it was that, that the acting was great. Nicola Coughlin is from Dairy Girls. And I really like that yes. show. So I was excited about her. Um, and then Jonathan Bailey, he plays... Um, Anthony Bridgerton, who is like the oldest Bridgerton brother. He was on a show called Broadchurch. And it's like this oh. like British um, like murder mystery, like in the country type thing. And he played like a young reporter in it. And so that was what I knew him from. There was just like, there's just like random like British actors who've been like all over the place, I feel like. Right. Yeah. Um, but I really, I really did like the cast a lot. I thought it was cast really well. Same, yeah. It, it reminded me so much of <laughs> another reason I wanted to do this so much, so badly after I watched it was like, well, you know, we did Pride and Prejudice like a couple months ago, and just like seeing the parallels there and the obvious inspiration from Jane Austen mm -hmm. is like really fun to see. And these just like really unique and like 
fun like uh characters and the siblings and the side characters but really the siblings like like they're each of them in their own right is so memorable you know whether mm-hmm. you like them or dislike them for those <laughs> right <laughs> but like they are like very memorable for sure and like yeah as you said like I'm a huge Jane Austen fan um and I kind of like things in, that are made in that era um so it was kind of exciting to see like a different twist on that where it was like much more of a diverse cast than those type of things usually have. Um, and also it kind of like, even though they spoke in the way that I assume those people spoke at the time and it was, it stayed pretty like true to those times. I still felt like it had like a modern kind of tone to it in a way. Well, yeah, especially with the, the music yeah that was so fun where it's like they have like the classical renditions of all these pop music all this pop music so but you're good. totally right like this this the speech uh when they needed to was very like of the time but then also like some of the humor and just like correspondence in general mm-hmm. obviously like the sexiness of the show was also like very yeah. more modern <laughs> compared true. to what it probably was true. at the time you yeah. know like <laughs> that's very true and like you were saying like they played like thank you next um like an instrumental version and like wildest dreams by taylor swift and like it was so fun because like we'd hear a song and we'd be like oh my gosh we know the song and we'd have to just like sit and listen and like figure out what it was and that was like a fun right. thing that we could do and I didn't realize it at first. I'm like, why do I find this song so like? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like familiar. Thank you. Next was like. When was that played? That was like one of the. I think it might have been like the first one that that was used, and it was like so. Like, when you heard it, you were like, "This does not sound like traditional music." That, you, that was at that like first call. Like, it caught call, your it? attention. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, yeah. I think that was the first time I was like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. I love that aspect of it. Like, I was just, like, listening to all of those songs on repeat yesterday during work. Which is, like, all the instrumentals. Because it was, it's great. It's, like, my new, <laughs> like, what it, I would listen to that. I know, I wouldn't think that, that I would want to, but it was, like, very fun. Yeah. But also, like, there, there's a character who plays um the younger sister um was it Eleanor, Eleanor? is that her name mm-hmm. she um is kind of like oh no Eloise Eloise um, yes, okay. she is kind of like oh I she doesn't really want to like get married and like she wants more from her life and I thought that was kind of I mean I think that that's definitely been a theme in other types of shows or movies, but it did kind of add to like the more modern sensibility. So tough is I really liked her character. Yeah. But like they're basically following up and 
I mean, obviously it's its own thing and it's, it stands out as its own thing. But in terms of like that character, like I, I was thinking of like little women where it's like, it's hard to follow that up. <laughs> like Joe's character is yeah. just so flushed out. And so like, Oh, totally. Just like beautiful to watch where it's like Eloise doesn't have the same screen time to really flesh that out. And I still really liked Eloise and I'm interested. Yeah. From what I've heard is like each season focuses on a different Bridgerton. So it's like, I really like Eloise as a character and I like the investigative kind of feel and like where she's going to go with it. Um, but sometimes I was like, oh man, like, like I love to Joe's character so much and how she persuaded me. Oh, no, no, no. I want to make it clear. I was not, like, a huge fan of Eloise. Okay. I actually thought she was kind of annoying. Not not in that she wanted a different life. Um, but I feel like part of being a feminist is respecting other women's choices. And I felt like she was just being, like, very judgmental of Daphne. And then, like... I just, I found her irritating. Like, I felt like she was always just sitting around complaining. Well, she's really selfish, <laughs> right? Like, they, I think yeah. they, like, especially and with her, um, her relationship with Penny. You know, and, like, when Penny was struggling from the beginning to the end, like, I think even in the little time she had in the show to grow as a character, like, by the end, she was a lot more um, conscious of, like, when her best friend was upset or this or that, you know? And I think... The, you know, spoilers for the end, but, you know, the, the Penny reveal is, like, also kind of, like, hitting her on Eloise on the head being, like, man, like, your best friend, although she doesn't know. How did she not it's like, well, your best out. friend is, like, um, was it Worthington? Is that the lady? Whistledown. Whistledown yeah. So it's, yeah. like, she is definitely so self-absorbed, like. She's yeah. so, yeah. My, one of my, one of the best examples of her just being, like, ignorant and, like, just, like self-absorbed is when she went to the servant and was like, you're Miss Whistledown or whatever. And she's like, the the servant just like laughs, laughs her ass off. She's like, I don't have time for that. Like I have, I do everything for you. So I can't do anything else. <laughs> that was great. I guess we haven't mentioned the queen yet. I know she isn't like, I wouldn't say she's like, a main character, but like she was a big part of it. And I thought her storyline was really interesting because I was wondering, like, is the king dead? Because he's just never mentioned. And then all of a sudden they're like, he's, he, they're like, the king is, and she was like, dead. And he was like, no, lucid. And she was like, oh. And I was like, what? Yeah, I loved that, that layer on the show once it was there. Like, I'm so interested to see where that goes because, like, she plays such a good queen in the her own right. Like, um, yeah, like you think of um, oh, what was that movie that came out a couple of years ago? Um, the favorite? yeah, the favorite. Like, I think of her <laughs> as the queen, and she is that like really frustrating and like mean, <laughs> um, but like fun mm -hmm. to watch. You know. Um, but then yeah, you have this sure. entire, you know, extra layer like you did in The Favorite, too. But, like, just this, that whole idea of just, like, losing, losing that relationship he had, she had with her husband and, like, seeing what he's mm -hmm. going through dementia or whatever it is. It's, like, it's, I don't know. It was very surprising how, like, quickly I was, like, I felt for the queen, you know, for. Yeah. Whereas for before sure. she was almost, like, a comedic relief and, like, almost, like, I feel like an audience member like us. <laughs> Right. I, yeah, because I feel like 
they were kind of setting her up to be like this just like cold rich woman who like just does things for entertainment and like doesn't really care about people she just like cares about being entertained and then you got to hear like you got that scene with her husband where you learned that she had children and that like one of them died and like you learn that the husband has Alzheimer's which is just something weirdly like I never associated with that time period but it's like of course that's been a thing forever but like I've just never really seen that before so I was like yeah like what would you do like if, you, if someone had Alzheimer's and you didn't have like all of these different access to medical you know like medication or like even you know ha him having like 24-7 help or like things like that like how are they managing that in that time period is kind of interesting right, and it's to think like about. The exact same thing happens today still. Like, nobody knows, knows what to do with, like, memory loss for people. Right. And it's just like, right. it's always right. so, I mean, it's like one of those things where it's, like, kind of pulling on people's heartstrings a little bit, I think. But it's just, like, mm -hmm. I think for her character, it's it was really f interesting to watch and how it related to, like, um, you know, the main character's love story by the end. Like, I didn't really, s like, when she made that connection when they were asking for the mar the early marriage license, saying, oh, like, every relationship is, you know, built on friendships, even if that friendship is probably going to fall apart, you know, very quickly. Sure. It's like, I, I just, I thought that was a very, like, heartwarming and interesting moment for her as the queen, mm -hmm. like, because she, she was suddenly very serious, where, like, almost, like, 90% of the rest of the show, she's just this person kind of looking for gossip and, like, mad that, like, people aren't talking about her. <laughs> right. Yeah, you, like, get to see her human side a bit more. Um, which I thought was interesting. I, I'm still, like, really interested in what you just said a little bit ago about how each book centered on a different Bridgerton child. That's such an interesting, like, I'm just taking that in. Because, like, I just assumed that Daphne and Simon would be, like, they're, like, the main characters. Yeah. But it's, like, the well, next and this season, is just what it's going to be other maybe, maybe this TV show is going to do it differently. But I think it does make sense. I feel sense like it would make sense to follow They've that. planted all these seeds for the other, you know, They siblings. have, yeah. One guy's traveling. One guy's going to sex parties. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> One girl, okay, apparently she has another sister we didn't know yeah, about. Yeah, I was like, what the heck? I was like, who's that? Mm -hmm. And then she looked really young, too. I was like, I assumed she'd be, like, a bit older. Right. And she looked, like, younger than Daphne. It was confusing. Maybe I should, maybe I missed something. But it felt like she kind of came out of nowhere. Did, um, did you have any, like, favorite moments of the show or any, like, specific stuff that really stood out to you? Yeah. Um, so... That's a great segue into our questions if we want to do any of them. Um, that the first one is what's your favorite scene or episode? I think episode is hard to pin down. I think moments or scenes is, you know, like certain ones stick out more. Um, I think, I mean, I think the like will they, won't they, like the only way they can like have real conversations as if they're, like, alone and they find different ways to be alone. Like, that's very, like, common tropes, kind of, but I, like, live for it. So, <laughs> like, moments, like, one that comes to mind right away is, like, when they have that conversation, um, Daphne and Simon, um, and when they're looking at the painting that his mom loved and 
she, he was like, I never understood why my mom loved it so much. And then Daphne has this whole speech about like why it's beautiful and like why she loves the countryside and why it's like the countryside in the morning. It's like so peaceful and they like end up holding hands and it's like a really important moment for both of them. Um, that part was really cute. And then obviously the scene after they get married, um, they're, at, they're staying at an inn and it's kind of like that thing where both people are in love with each other, but they are like completely miscommunicating. So like one, they both think the other one hates them, but really they love them. And then like, there's a scene where they both find out that they actually both love each other. And then like, it's just like really romantic. And that, that scene was really great. <laughs> Um, steamy as well. Yeah, like, is it, is it, is it, is it um, hot in here? Like, <laughs> okay, we have to we have to pause with like these sex scenes in this show are so real. It's like borderline porn watching this. Like, <laughs> maybe I just I'm not up yeah. to date with like like what TV shows provide for like sex scenes, but I'm like, oh my gosh! <laughs> I I feel like it's more than I was expecting from Netflix. Because I feel like Netflix isn't doesn't always go that far. I don't know. Am I wrong about that? I don't know. I don't know. Like, uh, because I feel like I'm used to it more of like HBO. Right, but even HBO, I feel like they just like they feel like like fake or like like I don't know. These went on. It was just like straight up sex in front of the on the screen. Like, you know, you know. Yeah. And like Didn't it's very it. like tastefully done, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, for sure, for sure. And it like I don't know, like the like you were saying earlier that it like feels very different from other period pieces in that way because that is not usually a part of like traditional period pieces that I've watched before is like that much oh, like showing that much of it. Right. Um and I thought that was a, another way that modernized it a bit. Um, and, like, even going into, like, I think, like, something that really, really shocked my roommates and I was the fact that, like, women literally had no clue how babies were made. Like, they didn't even have a concept of it. Like, they just had no right, idea. Right, and I was trying to figure out, because it seems like they they hinted at the fact that it, a lot of it was also the mom not preparing them right or something like, I, cause there was that well, whole I scene think... with Daphne confronting her mom about it. And it was obviously just because of marital frustrations in general, but like, I was like, what? I, I would assume that very little was talked about before, like the, the big wedding night, you know, of all of that stuff was followed as, you know, it would be in really strict households. I feel like her mom did drop the ball a bit. <laughs> I, I feel like that, like, even if you're not going to mention it to your kids, like, before that wedding night, you know, like, we really got to lay out nice and clear, like, all the cards on the table. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, like, I feel like I understand that women in the 1800s obviously didn't get sex education. Like, that I can comprehend. But, like, the fact that, like, they didn't even know, like... There was, like, a scene with Penelope and Miss Thompson where, like, Penelope, like, genuinely, I can't remember exactly what the example was, but it was, like, like, an example would be, like, oh, does, ho like, 
how do like how does pregnancy happen like can i catch it like a sickness like she right. like she just well, doesn't yeah, know it was, anything it was eloise and penelope were like we gotta figure out how marina got pregnant so it doesn't happen to me because <laughs> <laughs> like, it eloise is saying yeah. like they think it's like a sickness they're gonna catch <laughs> <laughs> um i actually had the miss whistledown um kind of spoiled for me via tiktok oh. <laughs> um but it was actually kind of like i'm wondering how obvious it would have been had i not known because i feel like i would have still figured it out before it was revealed i didn't know <laughs> oh really i like okay. thought penelope at one point and then i just kind of moved on and i don't know i was just like oh she's like too innocent or whatever which is what they wanted you basically to <laughs> so i think i would have a hundred percent known when Penelope or when Penelope gets really mad at Miss Thompson for going after um oh god the the younger Bridgerton Colin um going after Colin because she wanted to basically trap him to a marriage um and she's like he's not interested in you he's interested in me like blah 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 and then literally the next day Miss Whistledown reported that she was pregnant and I was like okay that's 100% well, confirmation. Hey, hindsight's 2020. I think that's smart enough for the MK probably would have, might have known it was Penelope at that point, but I didn't. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, moving on. <laughs> but, because, like, um, I will say Carmen figured it out before the end, but then, but then she was, when Eloise, because Carmen was the only person I watched it with who hadn't had it spoiled, um, and... She picked up on it, but then when Eloise thought it was the um, seamstress, the woman who made yeah the seamstress, she was like, "Oh, maybe it is the seamstress." Like she was kind of with Eloise on like the roller coaster, like, "Oh, well, maybe I was wrong." The thing or is, or whatever. But even yeah, like, and I don't, I, I, I went into this show hearing it was Gossip Girl in Downton Abbey, which is a very good <laughs> description, I think. You know, like, very good, yeah. But I assumed that that reveal wouldn't happen for seven years. <laughs> so yeah, I just, I had never even thought it. it was on the table to know who it might be in the first season. That's such a good point. Like, I, I guess now that you're saying that it is kind of shocking that that was revealed so early. Right. But I also feel like maybe like it comes to a point where you're like, okay, people probably are starting to know and the mystery is kind of gone except not in your case i guess but well, it, it adds an extra layer right because like now you can have yeah. penny as a character that basically acts like a like a dexter of sorts or whatever you know where it's like you're in on the secret with them and they're gonna she's gonna be running around like trying to make sure no one finds out it's her oh yeah because now we know like the queen is after her so and i like that because it gives penny a lot more like to with in the next season besides like just being obsessed with Colin (laughs) yeah so (laughs) that's very true I'm I'm really excited about her character like with the Featheringtons Mm -hmm. like it's just really fun to watch and like super I don't know devastating (laughs) oh yeah I think the the woman who plays um the mother I'm trying to find her full name Lady Portia I can't tell if that's her full name, but, um, she, I saw her in Cursed, that show. It's uh, Polly Walker. 
yeah, her real name is Polly Walker. Um, she was in that show Curse that I watched mm. last year that I liked. Um, but I thought her performance was great. Like, she was really fun to watch. And obviously, like, all of the interactions, like, all, like, the daughters and her and the husband were... I mean, some of it was kind of sad. Like, I think she did good with that stuff, oh, too. Oh, so like, much of it was sad. And you, like, understand where, like, she comes from with a lot of, like, when she's being so mean to Marina Thompson. And unrightly mean, mm-hmm. but, like... I don't know. By the end, you're just like, oh my God, you've had to deal with so much shit in such a short period of time. Like you find out your, your husband gambled away all your money. You find out that your husband was murdered because he gambled away everything. You lose your house. Like in beyond all of that, this whole time she thinks that like her kids aren't getting suitors because like there's something wrong but it's just because the right. father's been pushing them all away. You know, it's just, right. uh, it's really devastating. <laughs> yeah. And like, we now, so that scene was so interesting when he, the father, um, basically she's like, I looked through all of your, like basically all of your records with money and everything. And I figured out that you've like gambled away, like all our money and like, even like our daughter's like, um, dowries and things like that and he just starts crying and he's like oh I'm sorry like I, t- I fucked it all up and like what and she's like what and she's just like she's just like <laughs> disgusted and like confused and she's just like oh, they're there yeah. and I'm like in my mind she's just going like like fuck now I have to deal with this like if he's not like it's like I expected him to like double down on lying or be like, I'm going to fix this or like something. And he just kind of just like, right, he's just down like a and it's like, you know, like and then he goes behind it. Like <laughs> after that, he's like, oh, man. and then he goes and starts gambling again. It's just a, a real nasty character. Hit. <laughs> yeah. Not great. Not great. I felt really bad for all the women in that family for sure. Yeah. Um, did you have a fa- some favorite scenes? Um, I thought it, I really liked the, uh, the end scene in the rain at the last, that last party where like, oh, yeah. um, oh, Daphne so has her chance to really just say like, Hey, like you can trust me, like lean on me. Like you don't have to be like this person that you feel like you need to be. And then off of that, mm-hmm. I really, I, I did like Simon's backstories, even if it was like a little like cliche, I just like, uh, um, and Me we'll too. go into this a little bit with like favorite characters, but um the uh the scenes with him and um I'm forgetting her name. Oh yeah, Lady Danbury. Um just Lady Danbury in general mm-hmm. and her like oh raising him. So like good. she was just an awesome character and so fun to watch. Yeah. Um so I'd say but I'd say that rain scene, um, for sure. Yeah, that was, a, it's funny that I didn't mention that one. I, like, just watched it. It was really well, good. Well, it's just, I think those <laughs> but, are all, a lot of my favorite scenes is, like, those two. Like, they're, and I know it's, they were the main characters, even if it's just for the season of this season. But the chemistry yeah. and the reason this show worked so well, I think, is that the chemistry was so strong between those two. Yeah, it really was. Or, like, you know, the, yeah, just, like, every single one of their, like, date scenes and all of that, too, and they're talking, like, you... Yeah, my favorite scene is whenever they were um, 
alone together. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it hot in here? <laughs> not, not, not in a dirty way. Just like. <laughs> I mean, it could be both, right? Um, yeah, it's both. It's both. But, but I mean, you, the show wouldn't work if like those scenes near the end when they're talking about how much their friendship mattered to them, like felt mm-hmm. like acted out or wasn't as well delivered as those who delivered it. Because when right. they were talking about how they were friends, like all those episodes where it really is them just like, you know putting up the charade of them dating did really feel like they were just like friends having fun. Like, I don't know. It just Mm -hmm. like, and obviously everybody knows that it's going to lead to them getting married and all of that. But the, the, the journey along that way from like start to finish just felt so, I don't know, real and well done and so romantic. So those two were great. Yeah. I loved it. Um, I love fake relationship plot lines (laughs) live for it. Um, because there's just so much, like, it's like at one point she really isn't like seriously interested in him, but like you can tell he kind of is into her and then, you know, it goes both back and forth both ways kind of. Um, and that just keeps things really interesting. (laughs) That reminds me that, so the end of the show, like the very last scene, um, Daphne has a baby boy and, um... I I guess it's a good time to move on from them, like, as main characters, because, like, honestly, like, the courting and, like, the coming together of two people is, like, the most interesting part, I feel like. And maybe that's just my opinion, but, like... Oh, yeah, no, I don't want to see them raise a family. Ugh. Yeah, I just (laughs) just don't think that's (laughs) as fun to watch. (laughs) Like... Like, Daphne stay, like, having, like, late nights with the baby. Mm. Like, <laughs> no, I'm they're, they're going to be officially one. boring for the rest of the show. I, I don't know. know. Maybe, I'm sure it there's going to be some weird scandals. It's just, I don't know where this show is going to go. I'm still, I'm still going in with the idea that it's going to be, like, a gossip girl. Because it was like that in every episode. Like, I every episode after, like, episode three, I was like, how is the next one not the last episode? And I, oh, really? Yeah, I was just like, they they won't be able to drag this out. Like, everything's coming to a close. And I said that for, like, four right. episodes. But it never felt like it was being dragged out or anything. Like, there's just so right. many new plot elements. So I think it really, it'll keep going with that. And hopefully those two are in it in an interesting way. But they will be. But I'd also be fine if they just yeah. kind of moved on. I was happy with that story and I'd be interested to see what yeah, happens like with they're the still, others. Yeah, like, they're still there but they're just not like the center anymore. I think that makes more sense. Right. Yeah. It would be weird though, to like picture the two of them just like in the background of scenes or mm-hmm. like, it's like, it's weird when there's a switch in like protagonists like that. I'm just like, that's not like super typical for shows. Yeah. Um, I think I, 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 I can see them being in the same, in the show, the same amount that like the couple with the boxer or I can't remember that guy's name. Will. Oh yeah. Yeah. Will. Um, you know, where it's like they, they were, they had a really interesting side plot and I think they're going to keep going into that more in the next couple seasons, you know, where he's going with that whole yeah, move them. at the end with the, with the game. I'm wondering if he's going to get in trouble. I'd assume so. Yeah. Um, I don't want him to though. No, they were such a nice, fun couple to watch. I kept thinking that he was going to get up cause he was like laying on the ground pretending to be like defeated and it just seemed like he was like just about to 
and like push himself back up and keep fighting. Right. And I thought he I was thought going that to. He was going to do that. Yeah. I thought he yeah. was going to like, like not follow through with it. And then we like the show would deal with the fallout of the Featheringtons losing their house. Right. Which and still kind of happens. But... <laughs> well, yeah. In a different way. Um, <laughs> what did you think? I was, I was really conflicted and obviously the show wants you to be conflicted about it, but the whole, like the arguments that Daphne and Simon got into, like through the show where like, you know, obviously Simon should have been upfront with Daphne about like saying, Hey, mm. it's that I don't want to have children that, that I can't, you know? And it's like, yeah, I think, like yeah. it, and I was trying to figure out like, well, what would be forgiven? What wouldn't? And at some points it felt like, like Simon and Daphne's character, even though I loved the rain scene, the rain scene did feel like a, a light switch was turned on. From Simon saying, I will never, ever have kids to, oh, there's this one speech and I'm going to have kids. And then Daphne's side of things from being like, I will never, ever forgive you to, I've forgiven you. And like, <laughs> and obviously it's like, it's, I know, I know they have to wrap this stuff up and whatnot, but yeah. it was the one part of their relationship that I felt like a little unbelievable. Um, mm-hmm. And just some of the motives, um, like Daphne's motive for like, like when they slept together and, you know, she basically like you know like tried to have a kid without him being involved either just like kind of without his consent in a way yeah it felt really out of character too i don't know yeah um i was just a little conflicted with where you know obviously simon was 100 percent in the wrong for most of the show daphne should not have done the done that with him in bed like right the consent issue and then the, how they just flipped and it was all okay in that last episode just felt a little fast. And in the end, I don't care that much because I liked the scene and I thought it was romantic and, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, like it's fine, but I, I, I did have some qualms with, with that portion of the show. I think obviously him saying like, I cannot have children wasn't really being like, you know how that's going to be construed yeah. when you say it that way. And so it did feel manipulative and then like knowing that she knows nothing about how babies are made. And I mean, then, that's the big thing, right? Is that he knows that she doesn't know anything. Yeah. Sorry, go on. Yeah. And so then like her not knowing that and is like a huge betrayal. Like she lied, like, sorry, he lied to her about like not being able to have kids and she deserves to be really upset about that. I don't, obviously, like, it's weird because, like, I don't agree with what she did, but, like, also, when she did it, we were kind of, like, get it. <laughs> like, we like we were, like, he's been lying to you, and now, like, get what you want. <laughs> but not in, like, that way, but, like. Like, no, hold up, hold up. Like, <laughs> it's like. <laughs> you want a baby? Um, yeah, um, no, it was kind of weird because I was, like, oh, like. I was rooting for Daphne and then that got really like foggy there. And then I was, and then it was just all okay. Like it all happened so fast. But I feel like what they wanted us to believe was that in her reading about how he had um, a stutter and realizing that his father was so horrible. Like he never even read his letters that like, even though he didn't tell her anything, she found out all this stuff about him and was like, I understand you now. Like, I understand more, like, why you did the things you did. 
And then she was able to forgive him, and then she was able to, like, say those things to him about, like, you can be the man that you don't think you can be. And I guess it's that whole thing of, like, when all that's bottled up, you know? Like, he never told, like, those letters were unopened. Right. So So she was the first person to read those letters. Right. And, like, that along with, and I think it was him deceiving her, but you could also, like, look at it in the light of, like, well, like, his pride and his relationship for, with his father truly made him believe that, like, this was just 100% not something. But, it like, it took her breaking that to, like, actually let, let all that release and be like, oh, he can actually share these thoughts and feelings and whatnot with, with her. But it's just all, it's a little convoluted there in a way that, yeah. it, again, hand not wave, like a, hand it's, wave. Right, it's like, it's not that big of a deal. Um <laughs> But it's, it was, like, the one part of the show where I'm like, okay. <laughs> I feel like when she figured out really what was behind all of it, she, like, empathized with him and was able to understand it more. And that helped her. It helped them communicate better because, like, how can you communicate effectively if you don't have all the information? Like, she didn't really know what he had been through with his dad. So she couldn't really convince him to do anything because she didn't have the information, you know? Right. But anyways. <laughs> you know, another um, thing I was thinking about, um, and I, I was happy to be able to just, like, binge watch this show over, like, a few days. But it does remind me of, like, the shows that would have these huge cliffhangers, you know? Like, when she when she rides, the like, her horse into the middle of the duel between Simon and her brother, and then it looks like she got shot for a second. No, like yeah. primetime television would cut there, right? Like <laughs> then it'd be a week until you found out what happened. <laughs> so true. <laughs> I'm so glad that's not a that's not a thing. Yeah, it's just I it's funny it. to be able to see those, and it, I I think it's nice that like you can still have those really dramatic mo- moments even if you're finishing the TV show in one night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. But it's like it's it almost feels cheap, like when like primetime shows did that, like it just felt like. Just you've been robbed yep. yeah you're just they're just trying to keep you there because they want good ratings and that's like, it actually didn't what feel, it was like yeah like they want you to come back next week that's like why a conspiracy theory that's just like what they did um yeah for sure but no there were some good dramatic twists and i don't know interesting should we go to lines. um our our favorite and least favorite character oh yeah sure um so my favorite was lady danbury um i just thought she was so fun and cool um you know anything anywhere from when you first start learning about her backstory and how she helped simon to like the end you know even with the rain scene one of my favorite portions of that scene was her the queen and daphne's mom um and they were like those two the the featherington sister and that other guy were like, oh, we're going to go out and dance. And it's going <laughs> to yeah. turn into one of those scenes where everybody's dancing in the rain. And Danbury's like, nope. <laughs> Get <laughs> Time out. Time to go home. Everybody go home. Even like the queen's like, okay. Clear yeah. out. Like, <laughs> I know. I was like, she can tell me that to the queen. She's that cool. <laughs> yeah. And she's just got that air of confidence. Or like when the queen's like, is that as low as you can kneel? And she's like, yeah. Like I'm old. Look at <laughs> she's me. She's like, yeah, bitch. <laughs> That's all you're like, getting. Uh, she's just really fun. Um, <laughs> to watch and I thought that was that was neat um some other kind of notables is I did like and 
I can never remember any of the brothers or any of the names of people because they always, I can they always help sound you. familiar. But this, the second oldest brother who went all the sex clubs and stuff. Apparently his name is Benedict. Benedict, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm just super interested where that plot line goes. You know, it's Me like too. interesting and like... I want I like to be gay. <laughs> yeah. Or I mean, bi. There's, there's definitely going to be some experimentation there, if anything. Um <laughs> But, like, it, he is just an interesting character in that he's he doesn't, like, you know, the oldest brother is always trying to be, like, that fatherly, like, masculine figure of sorts. And, you know, Daphne's, like, the, like, the perfect sister. Eloise is, like, the, is the rebellious one. Um, mm-hmm. He's just kind of like, hey, I'm here. Like, two <laughs> thumbs up. Just living <laughs> my life. Paint. You know, and it's like, he's just so calm compared to everybody else, I feel like, that you know, obviously with his own issues, but it makes me really interested to see where that story goes. I'm excited um, too about that. Least favorite characters, the oldest brother. Um, <laughs> but mostly like, I know like that's like, I think uh, the show is trying to make you become frustrated with them. You know? For sure. Um, and they, they did well with it. Um, also another one where you're obviously supposed to hate the character is the, the first person that the brother tries to shove on to Daphne and Mary. <laughs> I forgot about it. I can't it. remember the guy's name, but he's the worst. Either. So gross. Um, I, I really, as someone who I don't think like they were trying to make me hate, but I just didn't like was Colin. I just like, didn't like his, his dealio. Like, I he was wasn't just kind of this prissy either. little prissy boy that was like <laughs> singing and like, um, I don't know if they're supposed. They want him to be like dense. Like, is that a, the thing? Like, he's just supposed to be kind of stupid because, like, he like fell for all kind that stuff of, with yeah. Marina Thompson, and then he's like, yeah. "Well, I know I'm stupid," and everybody's like, "No, no, no!" He's and I'm just like, "Well, clueless. Colin, you're you're kind of dumb." <laughs> um, but again, I'm interested to see where that goes. I'm like, oh wow, like, oh poor poor Colin, like he's gonna go travel the world now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> thinking of a whole season focused on him is kind of difficult yeah <laughs> but because yeah he was like not interesting to me um and i thought he was just like even when he was like tricked like so obviously tricked um with miss thompson like he like kind of doubled down on like no i was in love with you like blah 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 and like you broke my heart i was like you're fine <laughs> like right i feel like you didn't really know her at all like everyone was telling you you didn't know her and you were like oh, i don't care i love her and then you didn't know her because <laughs> you you clearly knew nothing about her and then you still doubled down on it it was like just admit that you didn't know her and that you really didn't love her and that you just thought you did but it's like he never really did that and that was annoying to me yeah <laughs> But, yeah. Any, um, any characters on your end? Yeah, well, I mean, Lady Danbury was, like, one of the most interesting, fun characters. And, like, every time she was on screen, I was, like, my eyes were on her to see what she would do or say next. Um, and then I honestly, like, I really loved Simon. I mean. <laughs> yep. For other reasons than just, you know, his face and body but anyways that's enough too, um, <laughs> I thought like I think he's you said that you thought that his like backstory was a little cliche but I actually didn't think that I didn't I don't know 
I mean, maybe in certain ways, but like the specificity of the stutter and of like being alone and then being like raised by like a family friend. I don't know. I don't know that I'd really seen. I guess I, I thought that was like, I thought that was a, a, a pretty normal plot line where for whatever reason, the dad is like, I don't want anything to do with this person. And then someone else mm. like, you know, usually, or maybe Takes it's like over. a servant or something like that. And these period mm. pieces or this or that. Like, but Danbury, I think was a friend of or like her mom, his mom's best friend. Yeah. Um, raises him and, you know, he has daddy issues. Like, yeah. Um, I think I just really liked him. He had an interesting background and then like, obviously he had like a very, like he was very charming and yeah, I don't know. I liked, I liked that character a lot. I thought, the, I mean, I really liked Penelope as well, but I, I mean, she had moments that I was very annoyed with her as well. And I feel like I'm only going to like her more going forward. Um, like, I feel like I'm going to start to like her more as time goes on. Probably least favorite. Um, it's... I really, really disliked Anthony for a large portion of the show. As you said, that was kind of, like, that was something they were trying to make us feel. Um, and then, honestly, Eloise annoyed me most of the time. <laughs> Even though, like, obviously, I think, like, we share a lot of probably the same values. I think that, as we, we were kind of, I've already kind of went into her. So yeah. And then obviously like, I wouldn't say Colin was like my least favorite. I would say he was just like, he was there, you know, <laughs> and I, and I wasn't, you know, really into it. Um, and then, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I feel bad saying the same ones as you, but I did like the second oldest brother as well was like, his storyline was intriguing. Like he was kind of like, I mean, I understood what it would be frustrating to be his sister and like see him get to kind of live a life that you would like to live but basically can't because you're a woman but like he was he kind of has interests in like having a different kind of life and not just like having a traditional life and that was interesting and well and what I did like and I, I do uh agree with you on some of Eloise's stuff but I did like how supportive she was of him like that relationship yeah. when they're in the swings and smoking like those were really nice and interesting scenes to watch I agree I think their relationship was really cute. And I liked that they kind of had each other to confide in. Um, but yeah, so was there anything that you didn't see coming or anything that you predicted? We kind of already talked about the biggest thing right. was spoiled for me. <laughs> um, I mean, I didn't predict anything with the Featheringtons, but it's like, how do you predict that? storyline i don't know right like you knew something bad was gonna happen with the dad but right. i didn't think it was gonna be immediately like he's murdered <laughs> by the end of the first season no i didn't either uh, did you notice that like when he walked into that so when when he walked into that room i was like he's gonna get jumped yeah well when they like had that face on you know like they didn't believe will just fell in that you know even right. for a second they just looked at each other but they literally had a bottle with a poison label on it. Okay, like, that was funny. Katsu was like, did that say poison? And I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> think <it. laughs> Which is when that's like, I love when they, ha like, that's like hamming it up like Gossip Girl level, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just 
just the bottle fun. someone wrote poison on? Like, poison. Oh. <laughs> uh, like, what did they do? They're like, sit down and drink this poison? Like, is that how he was murdered? Like, I, <laughs> I don't know. But, um, yeah, I would say probably I would have predicted Penelope had I not known. But that that's pretty presumptuous. But like I said, when when Miss Thompson's pregnancy was revealed, it was a confirmation for me. Because I obviously had seen something, but it, I was like, oh, it could still maybe... Yeah, it's make, maybe easy I to confirm when you already know. <laughs> okay. Anyways, anyways, <laughs> let's move on. Yeah, yeah. Season two, I'm going to predict something that you don't. <laughs> fine, fine. I thought you were going to say something right now. Oh, Predict no. something right now. No, I don't. Oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 no. Um... Another one that I didn't see coming was Marina's George being dead. I thought what was going to happen, you know, I just kind of mi- mixed up that whole situation where I thought Marina and Colin were, were going to get married and then George was going to return and they were going to have to Ooh. deal with that, that kind of juicy issue. But um, I'm so I- interested to see where, like, where that plot line goes with Marina. Like, are we just never going to see her show. again? Yeah. I'm wondering if we'll just never see her again. Yeah, it'd be too bad, because I really liked her. I wouldn't say that I did. Oh. <laughs> I feel like... Uh, it's hard, because I feel like, obviously, she felt like she was doing what she needed to do, but I, I do think that a lot of the things she did were, like... She seemed as if to do them with little remorse. Well, she's, like... She's the only mature person out of any of these people. Like, yeah. of, like, the quote-unquote, like, children, you know? Like, she, like, she knows what's up. Like, she, like, she understands what she has to do to survive. And I think that's why yeah. Daphne in her kind of, or Daphne, like, reached out to her when she came back and her and Simon's marriage was having such a hard time. Like, I think she saw that with Marina where she was, like, like, I understand why you're in the situation you are and why you did what you did. Because, I mean, that's big for Daphne to go, oh, you just tried to, like, trick my brother into marrying you, <laughs> but I'm going to help you out, you know? Like, that was a, I think that was a big scene for Daphne. I think it goes to show where they are at at the maturity levels compared to, you know, a lot of the rest of their family. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. There's that whole scene with her, like, which is that that heartbreaking moment with her and Penelope, where she basically tells she's like Penny, like, I can't, like, make my turn my whole life around because of a crush. And she just like set it to her up for like straight, yeah. you know. It's like, and part of me was like, yeah, this is really sad, and it's obviously so heartbreaking for Penny, but also like in Marina's shoes, it's like. Penny had a lot of chances to, like, say what the situation was, and she didn't. And also, mm-hmm. Marina, like, does have a life to live, and that's how you do it in that time. Like, yeah. either that or, like, basically end up homeless and, like, completely ruined. Do you know? Like, Yeah. Um, so, like, those scenes with her, I think, really stood out and just being like, hey, I, this is what my situation is, and this is how I'm going to fix it. Like, she's smart, and she, like, knows what she has to do, even if it's, like... For sure kind of evil <laughs> those things are very true for sure um so which actor or actress won the show this is pretty easy <laughs> <laughs> um i mean i think it's simon yeah whoever for the, sure. who's the actor for simon reggie 
John Page. Yeah, he's um, just, he's cool, he's sexy, <laughs> he's like fun. Um, when he wants to be, he has his dark past, like, fixes it by the end. Um, he's a bad boy. He's a bad boy, but finds love. Uh, yeah, he's just a great character all around. Yeah, his shirt came off a lot. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, I feel like if you've been on the internet in the past couple weeks, you've seen him. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He's just all over the place. Is it like, I guess I haven't really, (laughs) is he like sweeping the web? (laughs) I feel like, oh, I feel like Bridgerton is so popular. Yeah. That like, and I'm just seeing a lot of stuff about him and, um, there was this like... (laughs) Apparently there's like a Bridgerton TikTok musical and I've only seen one of the songs, but um it was super good. Like I want a real musical to be made. Musicals are fun. So good. Um is that would it be the same answer for you? Yep. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else that I would really I would almost say Penny, but she lost it because of the whole Colin situation. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think she could be the winner of the season, like, going forward. Right. Um, But Colin's out of the picture. What would your avid watchers rating be? Mine is going to be 8.5 out of 10. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Ah, perfect. Yeah, it was really fun to watch. There were obviously some reasons to, like, knock it, you know, I think... But it's, like, found its footing, and I think this show is probably going to be one of those shows that's going to be around for, like, the next eight years or whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah or for 100%. a while. Um, one thing that I haven't really dug into a lot, like, read about it or, like, super examined it, but just kind of noticed was that they... Obviously, the show is has more of a diverse casting than a lot of times you see with these type of shows or movies. But they don't really address it a ton. Like, there's one scene where Lady Danbury is talking to Simon and she's like, the only reason that we're equal... Like, she said we used to have two separate societies and then when the queen married the king, um, basically now we're all equal and like we're all we all co-mingle and and he was like oh that could go away in an instant like that isn't like love isn't stable enough basically to like uphold that and that was kind of it like they yeah, never really talked about it interesting. again I'm, i am curious if that's gonna go in a different like i thought it was just like um I didn't even think it was a plot point. I thought it was just like, you know, it this is a diverse cast and this is just like, that's what I cool. think would have like, been. <laughs> and I, now, yeah, but like, then it's like, oh, this is an actual plot element. Like I didn't yeah. even think that was a thing. Like I just assumed like the show and I think either way is great. Like the show is just going to be like, we're casting diverse act. Like we're going to cast a group of diverse actors, but we're not going to like them being a person of color is not going to be like a defining trait of their character. Like it's just going to be like a thing and that like, we don't even need to get into. And then they did mention it. So I was like, okay, so it is a thing. And then 
just never talked about it again. Yeah, it'll be interesting if they take that anywhere else. And um, I'm wondering about the book. Like, was was the book all yeah. white character? Like, yeah, I don't know. I guess that's something I kind of want to know more about. But I just thought that was interesting that they mentioned that and then just, like, really didn't get into it. I wish that yeah, just never it had touched been on more. It again. Yeah, it was interesting. Like, I wanted to know more about what she was saying. And I wanted more conversations about it, I guess. Right. Okay, so we are now going to move on to what we've been watching the past two weeks. Um, Adam, why don't you start? Yeah, so um, I think it was Friday, a show called WandaVision came out. <laughs> so I watched the first two episodes, only two have aired on Disney+. Plus, um, and this is uh, Wanda Maximoff and Vision from the Marvel uh, series. This is really, uh, you know... With, uh, with all the delays that have happened from COVID, they're probably, I don't know what the number is, at least one Marvel movie like behind schedule or whatever. But maybe okay. even a couple. I know Black Widow was supposed to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, they pushed that back and maybe another one. But um, it's it, I, I didn't realize that I missed it. <laughs> and maybe it's like a feeling of normalcy or whatever, but I was really happy to jump into WandaVision and be like, oh, yes, Marvel, like, here we go. But what I love so much about this show so far is that it's really, really weird. Um, <laughs> it's just with with the Marvel movies, they, they follow a template, and that's fine. Like, it's as long as you're okay with that. Um, mm-hmm. They do follow a template, um, but this is just such an odd, like, throwback to TV shows. Like, each episode seems to be specific to a different era of television. So I think the first one is a callback to um, Love and Marriage, or I'm not even sure what TV show. My guess would be Love and Marriage. And then the next one is a callback to Bewitched, and it's basically Vision and Wanda, um, if you guys, if you know the characters. Yeah. Um, they they basically play out these regular sitcom type situations for married couples. Like the first one is Vision's boss from his office where he works with numbers but doesn't know why is coming to visit for a big promotion. And Wanda thinks that Vision, that, that it's not, it, the boss isn't coming over but that they're actually celebrating their anniversary. So Wanda what? sets up this like ambiance and like, and all this stuff and, I don't want to give away too much, but it's it's those kind of moments. Um, but then sprinkled into all of that is the fact that they both have superpowers. <laughs> and then every once in a while, you get these moments of um, of really weird stuff happening that's breaking whatever is ha- whatever is going on here. So like when you first start watching, you might think, oh, is are they really just is this just Wanda and Vision in a sitcom and nothing else is going on? But even by the end of the first episode, you realize that. There is something going on that connects to the actual, you know, Marvel universe. Um, And it's kind of sprinkled into the first couple episodes and it should be changing a lot through the episodes there. But I thought the first two were really strong and interesting and weird. And it's nice to see Marvel get weird and not have to follow a really specific formula. And I'm hoping that they can do that more with the TV shows. You know, going back to the, I think it's a weekly show now, so... I have to wait, which is weird. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. Um, but it's fun, and uh, I'm excited to watch it. Uh, d- are, you, are you planning on watching that? Or I know you don't care as much about the Marvel stuff, right? I 
was not planning to, but I feel like I'm probably going to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially because there's only two episodes and it's weekly. Like, it's pretty easy to watch. I think they were only a half hour each. Um, yeah. I thought I think... it was really fun and just so quirky. <laughs> the only other thing I want to mention is that after I watched that, I decided to um, catch up on a podcast favorite of both of ours, Binge Mode. Because um, <laughs> they did all of the Marvel movies or are going through all of them and doing an episode wow. on each. So I started to rewatch all the Marvel movies. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to wow. do other stuff while, you know, watch those in the background yeah. because they're easy movies to watch in the I've background. I've wanted to do that for years because I haven't seen Iron Man and like any of them. I haven't, I think there's, I've seen Captain America and Thor and like the Avengers movies and Spider-Man. I actually haven't seen Spider-Man 2 yet. Um, so there's some stuff that I... I haven't seen Doctor Strange. I haven't... There's, like, a few that I haven't sure, seen. Sure, just sprinkled around. Yeah, I'd yeah. recommend it. It is, like... It's not, like, if you're not ready to do it, just don't, you know? It's, like, <laughs> if anybody just doesn't want to watch any Marvel movies, then I'm, like, you go, like, you do that. Like, I don't think... If people don't want in their lives, them. they don't. But, like, man, watching yeah. that first Iron Man, I was just, like, this was so a lot this was 13 years ago and look at where we're at today and what's so great about binge mode is they talk about these little facts about about it being the first iron man movie and you know all, all the stuff that they do really well on that they're podcast. so smart um <laughs> so it's worth it alone just so you can listen along with those guys um, yeah really for real. but just what that movie or what that marvel's turned into since then like nobody could have predicted that when that first iron man came out right, <laughs> right. Um, so I don't remember if I spoke about this last time, but, um, I watched the show The Wilds, um, which is an Amazon Prime show, and it's basically about these girls, these teenage girls, who get, their plane goes down and they have to survive on this island, and every episode is kind of centered on one character, and then there's flashbacks for the character, so it, it gave me very, like, lost vibes. Um, and instead of, like, mystery with within the island, of the island being a special place, the mystery is more so, like, how they kind of ended up where they are, and kind of, like, basically they were going on this, like, women's empowerment, like, seminar type thing, like, in Hawaii, and kind of, like, who's behind that seminar and kind of the mystery of how they ended up there and stuff. So I would say the first two episodes, I wasn't totally in love with the show. And then past that, I, I got super into it and I ended up really loving it. So if you felt the same as me, not you specifically, but anyone, <laughs> you were like, oh, the first two episodes, eh. Like, I don't know if I, I personally don't know if I would have kept watching had it not been for my roommates. Um... But I did, and then I really liked it, so just get past those first two if you weren't, aren't super impressed right away. Um, and then also, this past weekend, I watched two movies. I watched One Night in Miami, which is directed by Regina King, and it's Malcolm X, Muhammad Ali, Sam Cooke, and Tim Brown all together in 1963, I think, or 64, and they're all having conversations 
really interesting conversations. I don't want to get too much into each thing because it's like I've watched a lot of stuff, but um, also I watched a movie called Promising Young Woman, which I've wanted to see for a long time, and I really loved it, and I really want to cover it on this podcast, so I won't say anything else, <laughs> but um, yeah, I've, a lot of, like you were saying, a lot of stuff's been coming out, so it's been fun to have new stuff to watch. Yeah, yeah, totally agree, and I, I mean, both of those are at the top of my list. I've heard really good things about them. I will say with One Night Miami, it's almost two hours, and it's basically just four guys talking. Yeah, that was the vibe I I was expecting from it. Yeah, it's very, it can feel, it can drag at moments. And it was originally a play, and it feels like a play. Like, it feels like it would be a play. Not not as much a movie, but um, regardless, I don't know, it's hard. I'm still not, like, fully formed on my take on it, because also we don't actually know what they what their conversation was like we know that they were all together that night wait they oh i thought it was like completely fictionalized no so they were all together that night after Mm -hmm. muhammad ali won at that time he was cassius clay um but what was in what what they said during that night is we don't know so it's basically like fan fiction made up yeah fan (laughs) fiction yeah um but it really it was like I feel like the one thing that, like, I really took away from it was, like, the conversation, some of the conversations they had were just super interesting and thought-provoking, and it was just interesting to see different sides of, um, kind of just how differently they saw, st- saw things. Um, but yeah, it is, it is quite long. It, it can kind of lose your attention at certain parts, but overall, I think it's pretty worth watching. Nice. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to check it out. Um, so yeah, that is our show for this week. Um, and we will see you in two weeks. Thanks. Bye. Bye. <laughs>